Um, and for those of you that have not seen the picture yet, been kind of amazed. Last week, Lonnie Birchfield took a picture here at our church. Uh, he was standing somewhere right down here, took a picture of um, the cross, the stained glass cross. Have any of you seen this picture yet? Oh, you've got to see it. It's amazing, isn't it, Diane? It is an angel. <laughs> you can see its wings, can you not? You can see its wings and everything. Um, and I wish Lonnie was here because uh, he, he, he was going around showing us all after church last Sunday. But just a beautiful picture. And if we can get him to give it to us, we'll put it up on our Facebook page for you all to see as well. But it's just a, a reminder of the fact that God is with us, church. And you may feel discouraged at times. You may be like Louise who's battling with God. And um, I mean, that's normal. We see people doing that in Scripture. But please know that God is with you, okay? And that He loves you and cares for you. And, and He is not, as I, as I said earlier, that He is not going to abandon us. His love is too strong for us to do that. If you will, turn with me to um, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15. Those of you that know what we've been going through, I've uh, kind of been going through the passion of Christ in the Gospel of Mark. And I just want to remind you of um, the fact that what we're seeing is that Christ's life, um, even up to the time of the passion, was very unordinary, but, but we see it even more so in, in the Passion, uh, the Passion Week, where Christ is really tested, so to speak. Um, but he continues to live the unordinary life. And what I mean by that is he stays committed to, to, his, to the, the task that God has put before him. What you're going to see this morning is the fact that we serve a God who was not willing to compromise in any fashion the task that God had laid before him. He, he was uncompromising in that. And, and what I hope you will get from that is the fact that if you look at the uncompromising actions of Jesus at the cross, it should drive us toward an uncompromising faith of our own. In fact, where we do not compromise in our faith. Unfortunately, we have all probably at some point compromised our faith, where we have chosen sin, whatever that may be, over Christ. Okay? And we see examples of this happening all around the world, and yes, we've seen it happening even in the church. Um, just recently, a, a, good, a good picture of people compromising uh, was painted for me. Lauren, I've been watching a show on Netflix that... Uh, we were just, it was, it's kind of like a murder mystery show, and we were watching it, and, and you're trying to figure out who did the murder and all this, and um, in this particular murder, um, the church was involved, so that many people think, and there was an investigator who was supposed to be investigating the church and the church's involvement in this particular case, lo and behold, um, the investigator decided that enough investigation had taken place and the church was not responsible for what they had done. But lo and behold, this investigator the next day drove up in a beautiful convertible. And so you can imagine what people are thinking. 
that the church paid off this investigator from doing what is right and what was true and that this investigator compromised by taking the money or taking the automobile and letting the church go scot-free. And, of course, people are saying that there's been a lot of cover-up. Now, that's one example, and that's on the extreme. But many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, many of us have cover-ups in our own life where we have things that we participate in or we associate with that we don't want anybody else to know um, but we're involved in those kinds of things. And what God has called us to is he's called us out of that church, okay? He's saying you don't have to compromise your faith, you don't have to cover up, you don't have to act one way at church when in reality you know that you're somebody else. Christ wants to transform us, so much to the point that we do not have to compromise our faith. And that's what I want to encourage you with today, folks, is that there is hope that Scripture teaches us that we don't have to compromise our faith, that we can live the life of holiness that Scripture calls us to. Okay? And the uncompromising life of Christ should motivate us towards that holiness. Let's pray together. Father, as we look into your word, encourage us and challenge us, Father. Draw us close to you. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. So in Mark chapter 15, I'm going to read verses 21 through 32. It says, A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, in case you're wondering why it's called the place of the school, if you look at the rock where Jesus was um, crucified, it literally looks like a school. You can see two places where it looks like there's eyes and a nose. Um, and that's something, I mean, if you're really interested in that, you can Google that and, and see that image. Verse 23, it says, Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And that's what I really want you to pay attention to this morning, is that little verse. Verse 23, Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Verse 24, And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The king of the Jews... They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right, one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. And in the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah... The king of Israel come down now from the cross that we may see and believe those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. And we'll stop there. So the title of this sermon is called The Uncompromising Christ and it's rooted in verse 23. And I already read that to you two times. 
And you'll remember that it says that Jesus was offered wine mixed with myrrh. But he did not take it. This was not when he was on the cross and he was dying. This was before he was crucified. He walks up and he was offered this wine mixed with myrrh. And, and many people suggest who gave it to him and, and, and they're kind of going back and forth. But it really doesn't matter who offered him the wine mixed with myrrh. What matters is why they offered it to him. And the reason why they offered it to him was because it was seen as a narcotic. Okay? It was seen as a narcotic. Basically, what they were going to do was they were going to try to help ease the pain that he was getting ready to experience. So they were going to offer him this wine and myrrh to ease the pain. Now, when I go into surgery tomorrow, they're not going to offer me wine mixed with myrrh. But they're going to offer me anesthesia, and I'm going to take it, church. <laughs> All right? Because I do not want to be fully conscious and aware of what's taking place. Okay? But when we look at Jesus, knowing what he was getting ready to experience, Christ himself knew this, and he said no to this narcotic Basically, what Christ was saying is, I'm going to bear the full pain and be fully conscious of what I'm getting ready to experience. In other words, Christ was not looking for the easy way out. And so when I read this passage of Scripture about Christ, I see that Christ was uncompromising in what the Father had called him to. Do you see that, church? That he was saying, hey, you know what? God's called me to this. I'm going to walk through it, and I'm going to experience the full weight of sin. The sin of you, the sin of me, the sin of the world. Christ experienced the full weight of that and opted to have nothing to help ease that pain. He experienced, I mean, to, the, to its fullest. All the way to death. I love what one author writes. He says, when Jesus arrived at Golgotha, he was offered wine mixed with myrrh, but he refused it, choosing to endure with full consciousness the sufferings appointed for him. On a similar note, another author writes, in any case, it must have been meant to deaden the pain. Talking about the wine mixed with myrrh. Jesus, he goes on to write, Jesus refused to drink, choosing rather to experience the terrible suffering of the crucifixion with his senses. We serve, church, an uncompromising God. And that can go in many different directions. But I am thankful this morning that we serve Christ who was uncompromising on the cross. That he carried the full weight of my sin and your sin. This teaches us a couple of things about the uncompromising actions of Jesus. And let me just share these two things with you. One, Jesus was not going to compromise the task in any way, so he chose to endure the pain. 
And then secondly, Jesus was focused upon the task God the Father had set before him. Those are the two things that we, and you could probably learn a lot more for this, but those are two things I really want you to focus on this morning, is how dedicated Christ was to the task that God had laid before him, okay? And that he wasn't going to compromise in any fashion. And so what this has led me to really focus on is how does this affect me and you in our relationship with God? Now we know in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says that we are to be imitators of God. And so if we're to imitate Christ in this moment, we too are to be uncompromising in our faith. And so as I, as I mentioned to you earlier, the uncompromising actions of Jesus at the cross should drive us toward an uncompromising faith as well. Unfortunately, many Christians today are not driven towards an uncompromising faith. They're driven towards a compromising faith. I want to share what I mean with you by that. On a daily basis, we encounter moments where we are tested. Our faith is tested. Listen, that's normal, okay? I mean, let's be honest. If Christ himself was tested, you better believe that we're going to be tested, okay? And we're often tested to compromise our faith in many different ways. And because we emphasize grace so much, and let me tell you, I don't think that you can overemphasize grace enough. But often what happens is, is that grace is emphasized and people don't emphasize holiness enough. So what ends up happening is people are willing to compromise their faith because they believe so much in grace. Okay, And I would just say that that can be a dangerous thing. Because Christ, as I said earlier, you know how we sang the song, Just As I Am? Okay, Christ, because of grace, does accept us just as we are. But he's not content with leaving us where we are. Okay? He's calling us on to holiness. We see scripture of that where Christ says, Be holy because I am holy. Okay? So let me share with you, just exploring this compromise, let me share with you um, seven ways that we compromise our faith. Okay? Here's number one. God loves me and will forgive me. Have you ever heard that one before? heard individuals make these statements where, oh, I can do this, God loves me, and he'll forgive me, okay? What we're doing is we know that it's wrong, or else we wouldn't be saying that God would forgive us. We're deliberately, we're deliberately choosing to sin, saying God will forgive me. Second one, boy, don't we hear this one often, everybody does it, Okay? We used to think, at least I did, I used to think that that was only something that teenagers said. No, no, no. I've said it myself. You've said it, right? We've all said everybody does it. It's okay. Um, You do something wrong, and you start to feel guilty about it, and then what's the first thought that comes into your mind? Well, don't feel that bad about it. Everybody struggles with that. 
you know? When what we really should be thinking is, okay, God, everybody struggles with this. Please give us all victory over it, okay? A third, it's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting anybody. So sometimes we do things when nobody's watching, and we think, well, it's not affecting anybody, okay? Um, number four, I'm just going to try this one time. Y'all heard that one before? Number five, what I'm doing now will not really matter in the long run. Number six, and this is one of the worst, for, especially for adults, I can stop whenever. And my challenge to many people is, well, then why don't you stop? And they say, well, I don't want to. And then I say, well, then the problem with that is the issue of submission to Christ. You're not willing to submit that area of your life to Christ. And then number seven, one of the most tempting ones. Other people are so much worse than I am. Okay? So as I was preparing this sermon this week, I called Pastor Thomas into my office. And I said, Pastor Thomas, I need help with coming up with statements about compromising your faith. And folks, I'm not kidding. He started naming these things right here, like pop, 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 pop. And then I think I named number seven. Other people are so much worse than I am. Just <laughs> aggravating Thomas. But isn't that something that we all do? Aren't we so quick to judge other people? I think that what we have to do, church, is not compare ourselves to other people but to look at ourselves through the lens of Christ. In other words, compare yourself to Christ because Christ does not say imitate the people out here. In Ephesians 5.1 it says imitate God. So compare yourself to God, not to how, wor how much worse everybody else is. When we compare ourselves to Christ, suddenly we say, look how bad I am Christ, please have mercy on me, save me, and make me holy. Okay? So, just as Jesus was tempted to compromise the task God was calling him to fulfill, we too are t tested, challenged, to compromise the task that God has called us to, which is a life of holiness, church. Christ is calling us towards that. So let me share with you how, when we respond to compromise, a couple things of how it can affect our faith, and then we'll close up for this morning, okay? Number one, understand this, that little compromises lead to big sins. Uh, there's a famous song, which I've shared with many of you before, it's called Slow Fade. And it just talks about how, you know, that... The, the couple, um, the, the, the song talks about how the man that ends up getting separated from his wife didn't just one day wake up and decide, hey, let's get divorced. It was actually a slow fade. And so the husband started 
doing a little bit wrong, 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 and then suddenly you have the result of the separation. Okay? Little compromises lead to big sins. Um, my friends, and I have, sadly, uh, friends that I have, went to high school with, um, have some serious issues. And it did, these issues that they're going through right now are results of little compromises that they made when they were in high school. It started with one decision to try a little bit of marijuana, a little bit of weed, and then they went to bigger drugs and bigger drugs, and now they're addicted to it and can't break away from it. We went to the graveyard yesterday where mom and dad are buried, and um, Laura was asking me about one of my college friends, uh, I mean one of my high school friends, who's buried out there as well. And when we were in college, he turned 21, went and had some drinks, ended up getting drunk, got in his Corvette, was driving home, hit a tree, broke his neck, and it killed him. I mean, these little decisions have major results, and we have to remember that. Um, God does not tell us these things because he is mean. He's sharing these things with us because he loves us and he wants to protect us not only in heaven, but he wants to protect us here and now. Second way that we compromise is tolerance. Tolerance is compromise. Refuse to tolerate sin, church. These is, the, the, there's, there's all sorts of these issues that are out and about today, okay? We cannot tolerate it. So, for example, abortion. We cannot tolerate that, church. Cannot tolerate it. If we believe in the sanctity of life and we believe that every child is born in the image of God, we need to fight for that life. Okay? I mean, there's all these social issues. Um, the sanctity of marriage, which is another big issue for many people. We cannot tolerate anything except for the biblical mandate of what Scripture calls marriage. When we start to tolerate that, we are compromising our faith. And the third I would share with you is, when we are compromised, we need to return to our first love. You'll remember this. Some of you are studying the book of Revelation. And one of the churches, God said, hey, you've left your first love. In other words, they compromised. Who is our first love? God should be our first love. But if we are choosing things over God, then we have compromised our faith in God and chosen something else. Here's the good news of the gospel. And I'm going to ask Pastor Thomas to come up as we sing a closing song. The good news of the gospel is that the gospel is not outside of your reach. The life of holiness, the life of uncompromising that God has called us to is not outside of your reach. It's not impossible. Scripture says, for all things are possible for what? Those who... That's right, okay? All things are possible. Christ is not going to call you to something that He cannot help you to live out. 
And this is the good news of the gospel, that we do not have to compromise our faith because we have one who's already not compromised his faith. Okay? And he's willing to come and live inside of us. And as he lives inside of us, he helps us to not compromise in our faith. That's the role of the Holy Spirit working in us. And so if you would, just stand with me. We're going to sing. I want to pray for you for just a moment. And just asking that the Lord will help us to stay strong. Scripture tells us to stand firm in our faith. Don't compromise. Okay? And so that's what I want us to do is celebrate the fact that we have a God who will stand firm and that we can hold on to Him. And as long as we are holding on to Him, we do not have to worry about compromising our faith. Okay, church? Let's pray. Father, thank You for the example that You have shown us that You weren't willing to sway any way from the task that the Father had given You. Lord, we acknowledge that you have given all of us the task of living a holy life. We also acknowledge, Lord, that we need your help in doing this. So, Lord, the example that you have given us is one that shows us that you don't compromise. So, Lord, help us to hold on to you so that we don't compromise. Lord, live through us. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.